Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, welcome back to our final episode of Difficult Conversations at Work. This is Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, with my co-host, JC. Aloha. Aloha. We wish we were in Hawaii, but we are not. We are spread out all over the place with our, our uh, me, you, and our guest, Rhonda Scarf. Hey, Rhonda. Hey. Where are you calling in from today? Today, I'm in Ottawa, Ontario, a windy coolish day not the best day but it's a work day so i can take it and jc's coming to us from buffalo is it windy up there as well uh yeah it actually rolled through uh rolled through a little while ago uh something fierce but it's been warm and actually beautiful for a little bit uh some of the final icebergs should be melting soon you know and uh speaking of ottawa in anyone listening if you ever have a chance get on up there check it out there's the uh Fairmont Chateau Laurier, Chateau Laurier, I believe. And it's a, yeah. a very historic place. Uh, there's there's some deep connections. It's beautiful architecture. The entire city, if I'm not mistaken, is that gorgeous. And uh, you can't see Rana on Zoom right now, but I, I do believe that I might see something like amazing architecture behind her right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing things. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's a good spot to visit. And to live there has got to be amazing, though, right? It is. It, it, I mean, it's cold. Don't get me wrong. It's cold. Um, but it is the nation's capital. So it's it's very historical. It's very beautiful. We have lots of green space and tons of museums. So it is a, it is a great city to visit. And Excellent. for anyone interested on in more information about the Chateau Laurier, you could always check out an episode of Interesting Things with JC. I did a piece on it just about a year ago. It's a fantastic building, beautiful history, excellent country little plug for myself back to you yeah now that's jc's other podcast interesting things with jc very very short uh three to five minutes per episode and it really is interesting so good job on the name there well i'm coming from uh florida i'm in the tampa bay area and it is windy down here today as well so very interesting that we're all getting hit with wind but i want to jump back into our conversation on uh, difficult conversations and wrap it up with some final advice by Rhonda Scarf here of encouraging teamwork and collaboration. Who would have thunk that would have helped with difficult conversations, right? It does. Absolutely. I mean, as we talked about when we were talking about training to do the role play, to do the practice, and that's where your coworkers can help you. They can point out what you're saying or what you need to say. And and it does. I mean, it's not about getting together and, and whining and complaining about what other people in the office are doing. It's about taking responsibility and saying, let's fix this. You know, let's let's do something about it. So it does create teamwork when you ask for help. And this is something most of us need help with. Yeah, we really do. I I was doing a coaching session earlier today with a client who is, have, uh, is a manager, a newer manager, but all his entire life is very having a very difficult time saying no to anyone. And so I was like, oh, I can help you with this because I have finally been there. You would think if anybody, you know, that my listeners, they you probably know my personality by now. I'm pretty direct and blunt. 
But I myself have had a very, very difficult time until the past couple of years of saying no, because I just love to help people, yeah. um, whether there's money involved or not. But then, you know, once we got in halfway through the pandemic, I was like, oh, oh I need help. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question for the room. So when we we talk about uh, teamwork and collaboration and uh, encouraging teamwork and and everything that we're doing about with the difficult conversations, et cetera, when the sun sets and uh, you go home as as trainers and, and people that have stepped in to help out, what's what's a good way that 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 leader or that team could measure the impact of that effective change or the skills that you've helped bring to the table uh, through your events measuring impact so one of the things that i do i i typically don't do those um immediate post uh workshop evaluation sheets we in the business we call them smile sheets because everybody just tells you how much they liked you or not they mm-hmm. they measure nothing And so what I will do is follow up a week, a month, six weeks later and say, have you done this? Have you had this difficult conversation? How did it feel? Do you have any questions? And I encourage the management to do the same thing, not just put the checkbox in, okay, we provided that training. Everybody's got this, but to really hold people accountable and say, okay, here's, you know, the action you said you were going to do based on the workshop. Did you do it? How'd it go? If you didn't do it, why not? And 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 that is there is a piece of accountability to that. Yeah, hey, so it goes. Hey, but part of that is personal accountability, right? Yeah, oh, total person, and, and it's total personal accountability. Where it runs into the corporate accountability is when the manager does their job to follow up with it. That's their job to do it. So that's the corporate accountability. But all of it is personal. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there's so many times that I've been to trainings or earlier in my career when I was doing trainings that it was just, as you mentioned earlier, Rhonda, about providing the theory. And it's like, okay, now I'm always like, what are the takeaways going to be? Like, how is this manager or this human being that's in this training going to come back to work tomorrow with a different attitude, a different goal or a goal if they've never been given a goal, you know, and how are they bought into it to say, yes, I need this. And this is what I'm going to do to affect change, which means the managers or the manager of the trainee, whatever their role is, they need to be involved and they need to know what was the training and what was your takeaway and what are you going to do different and how am I going to follow up and give you feedback on that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do a uh, partner training as well. Like sit with your partner, commit to something, follow up with your partner in a week or whatever, and, and have just like, you know, employee to employee accountability as well. Yeah. Uh, another question on the table here. I've been holding this one in the back pocket for a little while. A lot of people have been talking over the past three to seven years about the use of radical candor in the workplace and how it exposes mm-hmm. a whole new level of being able to have difficult conversations from a place of psychological safety. So when we think about radical candor and building that environment and then uh, all the positive things that go with that and a new employee comes in, they might be shell shocked a bit, right? Uh, yeah. when we measure the impact and when we look at the evolution and change, what are some things that we should consider uh, from the leadership perspective in regards to turnover after we've built that good environment? How do, how do we, how do we keep that going? Do we just call you and have you come back and talk, talk to our staff again? Or uh, I don't know. Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you built a really good team if they continue to outgrow what you can give them. 
And so, you know, they're moving on somewhere else because your organization doesn't offer it. Now, if your organization offers it, then hopefully we have promotion opportunities. But but even if your team were to stay exactly the same, not a single person move for a few years, you still need to refresh that training because our situation, our experiences, our everything uh, change the way we look at it. You know, the person I am at 57 is very different than the person I was at 37. And so the training means different things. So we do have to continue to offer it, um, even if it's exactly the same group. Is is right. radical candor a buzzword, Rhonda, or is it a real thing? Uh, um, Ooh. It's a bit of both. It's, it's a, and I don't want to throw, you know, it's okay. Scott down here from the book or anything like that. It, um, it's a real thing in that organizations are allowing them to be open. It's also an excuse. So when people speak their mind and they don't do it professionally, oh, I'm just being candor. We're allowed to do this. And it's an excuse why they're not professional. Um, but I hope that organizations are allowing people to openly talk about things and and making it a better organization so is it a bit of a buzzword yeah is it being abused in my experience it is but is it the right thing to do absolutely yeah i agree too i talk a lot about in my books and in my trainings i talk a lot about company values and holding people accountable for their behaviors at work so this can go hand in hand we're like yes you can have radical candor but you have to do it within our values and our acceptable behavior constraints within this organization. Uh, even if our competitor does something different and it's in the same industry, this is what our expectations are. And that's another really good point um, that I just wanted to make real briefly before we wrap up is, you know, every com- we kind of talked about, I think, in the first series of this podcast is, you know, setting the expectations for your employees with written not just written, but written and explained policies, just giving mm-hmm. somebody a handbook and saying, sign it. Nobody reads it. I know nobody reads it. So you have to do the training. Like these are our expectations here. And then that's where the rad- radical candor could be like, you could be radical within these constraints and it needs to be helpful and useful and not just be somebody acting a fool. Yeah. Professional, respectful. Yeah. Awesome. Any final words that you'd like to say to our listeners before we wrap up here, Rhonda? Um, Just really, you know, give yourself the skills that you need, whether it's with difficult, you know, conversations, difficult people, common sense. Don't assume that your brain is just going to hatch this information on its own. You know, somebody's going to attend a workshop, listen to a YouTube video, do something. And yes, your brain will learn from that so that the next time you need to have that difficult conversation, it's a whole lot easier for you. It, it, you know, the only way to get good at it is to do a lot of it and nobody wants to do a lot of it. So practice a lot instead. Awesome. Thank you so much for enlightening us today. For anyone who wants more information, please just uh, search Rhonda Scarf, S-C-H-A-R-F on the internet. She's a well-recognized professional speaker, trainer, consultant, and author based in two countries and willing to travel to other countries. Thanks for coming. Chat with you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.